0: That's I'm my chain. shit at this part. This About how like the world didn't see it coming. That's my chain. I know this fresh, right? You didn't know. I'm so wild. They call me four loco. So local, where they do? It. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Two Square Girls podcast. I'm M here, and we've got special guest A. Hello, and welcome, A. Hey,
1: thanks for having me on today.
0: Yeah, so uh, we were just uh, chilling here on a Sunday. We had some brunch, had some nice sushi. Now we're uh, hanging out at the living room cafe here in San Diego, having some hookah and chilling and talking about life, talking about sales. So, uh, yeah, just say what you were saying before about sales and the fact that, I don't know. It's different for women than it is for men.
1: I mean, first of all, I got to say that sush for brunch is the best because there's nothing like raw fish in your stomach before, <laughs> before anything else. <laughs> before hookah, too, man. <laughs> before hookah, yeah. But I think there's a really a space for women in sales to, to talk about strategies that don't just involve this very macho, very aggressive approach to selling and working with customers. I've found a lot of success with... Taking a more easygoing approach, presenting clients with options that they have, educating them thoroughly on those options and letting them make a decision. And I feel like when customers aren't pressured into buying and they're not pressured into doing things that they're not even fully aware of yet, you know, they're a little more skeptical. They're not as likely to trust you. And people already hate salespeople. There's already so (laughs) many... stigmas about salespeople just being sleazy. So I feel like now having a different approach is what's working. Maybe in the 80s, having those Grant Cardone kind of hit the phone, call people, you know, pressure, high pressure tactics. Maybe that worked before, but it's not working anymore. So there's definitely a space to start having different conversations today. And so far, I haven't really seen a lot of women talking about that. But could also be exposure the men get more exposure on social media so well
0: and who has more motivation to sell than women you know women i think especially women like who are deemed like influencers they naturally are like selling i don't want to say themselves but they're kind of like their own i don't even want to say product but they kind of have to sell the idea of themselves to other people to gain attention to gain some sort of recognition. Um, and I think that if they put that to use in, in a sphere where they're able to uh, generate more for themselves on a business level, it can contribute to like a long-term success. And I'm so sad to see when women like kind of downplay that and kind of are like, oh, well, no, I can't do that. or no, like, I, I'm, I can only do it to a certain extent or in this one arena, it's like, think big, you know? Always think bigger. I think men always get told that they can go further than they uh, even, like, they're always going bigger than they possibly, they're always reaching, right? Whereas women are always told to settle. Yeah. And yeah. that's shitty because who settles more than women? That's bullshit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Story of my life and like I've been told to settle a lot in the past like what five six years it's like oh your apartment people are being shitty just leave it alone oh your school's being shitty just deal with it get through it oh like you know this person's treating you poorly just leave it alone like don't rock the boat boat and that's always kind of the whole thing it's like don't cause problems don't you know be confrontational and then eventually you just kind of have to avoid things and walk away instead of like pushing for something better I, you know, always want people to have what they, you know, at least what they deserve, if not more. And then I think, how come I don't want that for myself, you know? Um, and lately, it's been getting harder because it's like, as much as I feel like I have the ability to, I don't have the confidence. And I'm like, where's that coming from? And it's like, probably society.
1: Yeah yeah you're absolutely right and i feel like for those few women who don't settle because there are a few that i see on linkedin for example not so much in in podcasts or on youtube chat like sort of making their own thing but the few women i do see on linkedin who don't settle i feel like And forgive me for this, I'm going to bring in some gender stereotypes here, but I feel like they try a little too hard to be like the men and compete with the men. And there's a lot of self-promotion that comes off as ingenuine, almost like they're trying to compromise and make up for something. But we don't have to do that because women bring so much beautiful energy to the table. And there's so many ways that we can be influential without necessarily having to be men without penises, you know?
0: yeah I mean finding your own thing is good and in and of itself and like we always talk about supporting women-owned businesses and supporting like women in general and the way that plays out isn't as you know it's not as it's not the way it doesn't work that way in the real world because I think that Society still trusts men more than they do women. Even when women show more competency, they work harder. They're more honest. They have more, uh, they're, they're giving more and they're displaying kind of more, uh, you know, they're, they're displaying more effort and they're showing that they're providing more and just in general, um, So, you know, what is it that makes people trust men more? And I think the visibility of it is what's going on. Because even though women are the one doing a lot of the work, who is it that's behind that, like, you you know, who is it that's wearing the suit and who's eventually having you, like, sign the papers or, you know, at the front of the deal, you know? It is a man sometimes, you know? I would say, like, most of the time. And... I think that's that's an issue, and that needs to change, too. Um, so I, I think that anybody who's listening to this, especially if you're a woman, uh, you know, or if you're a guy who's, you know, like, listening to this and, and has women in your life, like, support a woman who's in your life, who's being a boss bitch or has been for quite some time, like, by being that encouragement. Because... Yeah like bet that woman has been holding down the fort in like a hundred different ways without you even knowing probably carrying your ass let's be real
1: yeah but on that topic the whole idea around girl boss boss bitch talking about that why do we feel the need to put a label on it when a man is successful when a man is in sales or he's an entrepreneur he's just that he's an entrepreneur he's successful why do we have to have a label that sort of going back to that whole self-promotion, like we have to hype it up so hard. And I I also don't wanna be insensitive because it is an achievement when women are successful because for a long time, we weren't allowed to be in those spaces. And I feel like now that we have more opportunity to be in those spaces, we don't necessarily need to put a label on it. We can just be successful. We can just be an entrepreneur. We can just be amazing at what we do. So I don't know. I'd love to hear your thoughts on on your opinion on the whole boss girl, boss bitch label.
0: Yeah, I have actually seen that quite a bit. Where uh, there's this whole, there was this phenomenon happening of like gaslight, gatekeep, girl boss where women seem <laughs> you know what i mean it was this mantra where like women were like weirdly competing with each other i read this thing where it was like you know i never compete with anyone because i never want to take uh opportunities away from people that a weren't meant for me and b i never want what was for someone that you know wasn't meant for me and i truly believe in that i don't believe in competition especially with other women you know i think there's a healthy way to compete with yourself to be better And you should always be trying to, you know, uh, have good gains, you know, in anything that you do. So, like, hitting your goal, achieving your goal, excelling, challenging yourself, these are all positives. Building one another up, encouraging one another, encouraging other women, not being sleazy, not being underhanded, not being, like, disingenuous or... You know, not being, like, in in a position where you're bringing other people or other women down. That is never okay. Um, And I always shy away from that. If I ever see someone, like, you know, even slightly being scornful or even slightly, like, you know, not, like, being kind to another woman or, or, you know, feeling like they're being competitive for some reason, like, I shut it down, you know, because it's not okay. And I also think that it happens... Uh, subconsciously I sometimes don't think that women even notice they're doing it to each other because it has become really ingrained and oftentimes that is the environment that regardless of what uh, you know arena they're placed in it could be you know Uh, sports, it could be academia, it could be uh, corporate, it could be anything that they're placed in a workplace environment. It could even just be socially. I mean, you know, we see, we saw that a lot in just teenage behavior. We saw that a lot growing up. I saw that a lot in my 20s. I saw that, I see that in college. I see that everywhere. You know, you see that everywhere where, you know, women compete for each other uh, for attention, uh, when it comes to men, when it comes to clothes, jewelry, like status and it's just not needed yeah. it's not needed because what really matters is like what you're able to express and how you're able to make somebody else feel um, without having to display any outward uh, recognize like you know any signifiers you know if you're able to express that you have certain things within you that you don't need to do without any sort of like I don't know without any sort of symbols status or otherwise um, that's the real winner in any situation and I think that's possible Um, being resourceful and uh, lending a helping hand um, are always more preferable you know not being naive about it not like getting taken advantage of or taken for a ride Uh, but in the context of like things like sales things like um, you know trying to get a foothold in a career or you know anything like that you know we see toxic environments all the time in workplaces or you know politics or whatever the case may be I can guarantee that the person who gets ahead is the one who knows how to disengage or how to put that stuff aside and focus on the task at hand
1: yeah absolutely and remember that Women have a lot of power when we support each other and a lot of the tactics that misogynists will use are done to break up that power that women have. A lot of it is to keep us under control so we don't rise up so we don't have that power. And you know what? It's not necessarily the older I get, the more I realize, it's not just because there's this whole misogyny, men hate women. Men do it to each other too. Yeah. They they suffer too. Men suffer too from a lot of these power plays. And actually just on my way here, I was listening to a video. There's this um, other woman who has a podcast called two hot takes a YouTube channel I believe called two hot takes and they talk a lot about you know a lot of the shit that men do a lot of things women have to deal with and one thing that was mentioned on the episode I was watching today is how when women used to come together in the community and they would gossip gossip was a way for women to share information about what was happening in the community and once women started getting too powerful the men in the community said you know what we we gotta knock this down a bit they, they know everything our women know everything about everyone and everything that's going on so they labeled gossip as like this evil thing it's the work of the devil these are witches you know and so we can't allow that to happen and we can't allow us to be controlled and to turn against each other and knock other women down
0: yeah, absolutely. And you know, this isn't to say that, you know, women and men to to call this like a, you know, sort of like binary thinking or whatever. Obviously, you know, inclusivity is important and I'm not like knocking uh any sort of, you know, non-binary sort of members. I'm just saying that when it comes down to uh the general case when it comes to Uh, gender roles and gender stereotyping it happens more often than not in arenas where these are the traditional roles that are placed on uh, not just men and women but when they're um, when it kind of happens like insipidly and in the working world and not just in the working world but in the kind of like conformist world that we live in uh, because, let's be real, like, there has been a s- huge step backwards in terms of, like, not just women's rights, but also, like, having there be autonomy in, uh, for, for women. Like, like, why hasn't there still been equal pay, you know? Like, why is there still not certain things that seem like they should already be happening, and instead there's huge step backwards, in a lot of things uh, including but not like you know exclusive to uh, you know like things like birthrights rights and, and things like that like those are some major major step backwards in not just American society but you know in, in a lot of societies and it's concerning because it's like it, it shows a larger issue at hand which is that this is gonna keep going and It's going to, you know, perpetuate further issues. And as much as people are trying to, like, kind of skate over it by saying, well, that doesn't really bother me. I got mine. You know, I've got my house and my husband and my kids and my shit. Like, it does affect you. Let's be real. Like, every time you kind of have to pay another bill or deal with an in-law or deal with, you know, even your own, like, you know, family dynamic or you talk to your friends or you go out into the world or whatever the case may be, like, you see it all around you. It impacts your own self-worth, your self-being, what you see when you look in the mirror. Like, it, it affects all of those things and po- probably affects you without you even knowing it and affects you, like, and, and everything you touch and will affect your children and, like, their children growing up, um, regardless of how, like, what environment you're growing up in because, like, that's the way the world works. We're all connected. So I think that at the end of the day like individual actions do matter but as a collective women are stronger and it is important to support each other and like kind of just dismissing certain things as like individual problematicness or saying that someone's personality is their problem or whatever the case may be that's not necessarily true it's always about looking at the context of a situation too you know is someone you know like they're always talking about how like you know people have to put on different hats at work and school and this women don't always have that luxury you know i i know single moms and working moms and and things like that and you know they have to yeah they have to wear a lot of hats but they're wearing those hats at the same damn time they have to work and and be you know girlfriends and ex-wives and they have to be uh, moms and and coworkers and daughters and bosses of themselves and and homeowners and all this other shit on their own and it's fucking hard and it's exhausting mm-hmm. and they don't get validation or credit for it they get put down anyway mm-hmm. if they're less than perfect at one if they're giving less than a hundred and twenty percent every day you know like that's some bullshit whereas dudes can skate by doing the bare minimum and uh, even get lauded and rewarded for just like being around.
1: But you know what, even in the, the cases where there are men who can get by and still be successful and still be happy and content, I feel like for the most part being at war with each other doesn't benefit anybody. Whether it's women at war with women, men at war with women, men at war with men, it doesn't it doesn't help anybody. It only hurts everybody because when you do have those scenarios, like we mentioned earlier, when women are forced to settle, one situation that I've seen in my life over and over again is that when men have these traditional ideas about what a woman is and what she should do, and they have her just stay home and just raise the kids, it puts so much pressure on them to be the sole provider, the sole you know, leader, the alpha. And a lot of men brave. They grow resentment, and over time, they start to hate their wives or their women because they think that, first of all, a lot of them don't see child rearing as work right all they see is like oh my wife just sits at home all day and just watches tv or scrolls through facebook and over time they build resentment because they think well i'm the one that has to go to work every day i have to deal with my shit manager i have to work 80 hours a week and pay all the bills and pay for blah 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 You know, they build that resentment, they start to hate their wife, and that's when the abuse starts. Because they have all of this burden and all of this pressure put on their shoulders. And they're human too. Men have emotions too. They break. They can't handle it. It's too much. We don't have, we don't live in a traditional society anymore where communities come together and help each other and work together. Everyone is just trying to do everything themselves and we're only human and we have begun as a society reaching a breaking point. That's why we see so much talk about you know, mental health and yeah. mental illness and so much homelessness and who is affected by homelessness more than anybody else. Yeah. It's men, yeah. it only hurts them. So we need to create a society where we can really work together and help each other and not bring each other down. And yes, that's easier said than done. Talking about this in conversation is like, okay, you want the world to be fairy tales and rainbows, blah, 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 blah. And I understand that it is easier said than done. It's not this easy achievement. But at least talking about it can start opening the door and so you mentioned the gender pay gap now that we're talking about it collectively as a society things are changing because for a while i was the lowest paid salesperson at my company yeah. and we all started talking me and my co-workers we talk about what do you get paid what do you get paid i know my co-workers salaries and guess what management got to a point where they realized they're going to lose their best people if they don't get their act together and now our salaries went up and we're all at least being paid market rate. So at yeah. least there isn't a situation where one person is ge- getting paid less than the other. Yeah. Whether it's gender, whether it, maybe it's uh-huh. not, maybe it's experience, whatever it is, yeah. we are all getting paid the same and market rate. So change did happen from us just having the conversation. Yeah.
0: And Hello. I'm going to change the Thank, Thank you. you um you know and you know talking about it too it's wild because you know minimum wage only just went up like not that long ago whereas the rate of living has been going up for so so long and that in and of itself is so surprising because i think that the party line was always like well if that goes up the cost of everything else will go up and then you know you're just, it's just going to be, everything goes up anyway, so what's the point, but that was always a flawed argument, because everything was already going up, and California is thankfully ahead in a lot of ways, and that's one of the ways where they started implementing a lot of more, you know, programs to help people get their, like, shit together in a lot of ways, where they, they started making programs, uh, at least requiring people, and uh, companies to make things um more accessible to people uh they started making like um certain medical things uh more accessible to people and and they're still not great but there are certain like mental health programs that are more accessible to people and it it could be better but it could be a lot lot worse and like i consider myself lucky to be living in a state like that because as much as I could be ahead, and I hear it all the time from my parents, like you're, you know, this amount of age, and you still haven't gotten your shit together, blah blah blah. And I'm like, well, to be fair, I'm also like masters in poetry. I was never gonna, you know, fall out of control like at 32. But don't say
1: that.
0: <laughs> but you know, like even you know when I was graduating under, like even when I graduated college, like. I never thought that, at, even when I was like uh, 15, 16, 17, A, hey, I never thought I was gonna go to college. I thought that my life was gonna be, you know, it was like a, it was seriously like Jane Austen novel, Get Married or Die Trying. <laughs> For serious, like I would go to Pakistan and with my mom, and we would pick out laces and buttons and, you know, frilly shit to get dresses made, and that was all fine and good. But it made me very fearful for my future because I'm like, is this what my life is going to be? And I'm going to have to come to this hot ass country because it's cheaper and get dresses made and then have to go to like these like community dinners for the rest of my life with people that I don't really relate to and have to like live my life in this manner around a community that I don't feel a part of for a culture that I... Don't often relate to, and it's gonna make me feel some type of way for the rest of my life. And like now, yeah, okay, I'm not like set up and shit. But throughout my day, I'm very thankful. Like even right now, I'm sitting with you, my friend, who's like Lebanese American Muslim, and we're sitting in a cafe like upstairs in La Jolla, smoking hookah, hanging out. Like that is, you know, and I'm in a master's program and chilling and it feels good it feels like i'm on a sort of like i've been through like loops and loops and i still come out 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 of it thinking like feeling grateful feeling like i'm in a free space and not like locked in like some sort of trapped weird situation that i can't see myself navigating through you know there's still like a net plus in in my life you know I still feel positive and hopeful and like I can build rather than like I'm in a deficit or that I'm trapped in something I can't get out of and like a lot of times when I meet people or that I talk to people I feel like they're trapped and they're either trapped in like a like, a marriage or, or kid situation or, or stuff with their family or, like, they're, they're trapped in, you know, like, yeah, I have some, like, you know, cultural issues and familial bonds and, and shit like that, but who doesn't, you know? Everyone's got some sort of shit. But for the most part, like, I feel like someone who can have autonomy and independence in my life and, and can move up from, from a from a certain point and that I have, like, the ability to do that, whereas a lot of people, they feel like they're drowning, you know?
1: Yeah, but also, don't, you know, don't shit on yourself. Like, taking a few steps back from what you mentioned, like, oh, you're in a master's program, you had this degree, you're not balling out of control. <laughs> you know, don't shit on yourself. There is no one path to success and success is however you want to define it whether it's having a certain amount of financial stability financial success owning a business having a certain job a certain title or just having happiness and contentment in your life it's however you define it and for me having graduated as like a poli-sci major thought I was going to go to law school that didn't work out for financial reasons I mean if I was balling out of control I'd go to law school just because I love that shit yeah I love, first of all, I love politics and I love the idea of being able to defend the defenseless because I grew up in a situation where, you know, a lot of people that I knew were defenseless and if they had an attorney or if they had someone in their court, their situation may have been better. So first of all, it went on a little tangent there. Don't shit on yourself. Um, because you never know where you end up and second of all the beautiful thing about where we live is there is still a lot of opportunity we have a lot of opportunity and we can make our lives however we want it and we need to keep fighting to make sure we keep those opportunities and if there's any fight that we're gonna have because I said we shouldn't be at war with each other so don't want to contradict myself here but if there is any fight that we should fight, it's to maintain that freedom and maintain that autonomy yeah, that we have. Definitely. But we also need to understand that the fact that a lot of that freedom came, I believe, from this individualism, this yeah. individualistic yeah. society that we have. And it doesn't benefit people when we are at a point where everyone has to do everything. Everyone has to be their own everything, and then people crumble because we're still only human. We haven't evolved far enough to be able to work, you know, 23 hours a day, sleep on one hour, and do, you know, multitask a billion different things. So be easy on yourself, Um, but again, if there is a fight we have to fight, it's to maintain that freedom we have.
0: Yeah, it's so true, and I, you know, I often think of my mom, too, because her whole life she, like, worked to raise kids, and... You know she had a lot of trauma in the sense that like growing up in a in that traditional old world collectivist way it was hard for her to to still see that and then have her kids you know she had five sons and one daughter and then having a daughter who didn't follow along like the get married get settled thing not having that show up for her is has to be hard same with my dad so like, I have a lot of empathy and compassion for them, but I also, like, you know, I'm like, when, you know, when I told you guys that that's not the the track that I wanted to go on, and then, like, you guys kind of, like, pushed me down that, I tried to, like, I tried t- plenty of times to, like, be like, hey, I'm willing to meet you halfway, but... I also have to tell you that your halfway is not the same as my halfway. <laughs> like, it's a it's a different different kind of you know reality of the situation. Um, and you know, I also see it from their perspective where they're like, "Hey, we're really worried that you're not gonna that you're just not gonna make it." And I'm like, I worry about that too. But the difference is that I'm doing something about it, and I'm trying, and I'm gonna continue to try. I also want you to look at it realistically and i'm looking at it realistically too and i think that they're like i think that when it comes down to it like there's a there's a bit of a dissonance between like what kind of what kind of like way that i see the world going the like direction that i see it going and and the way that i have to like kind of protect myself now because you know, in my 20s, I did have not just, like, naivete, but I had some idealism, and there were times where I just kind of, like, I didn't quit or give up necessarily, but I became a little bit more, like, you know, I was just like, fuck it, like, they don't, they don't want me out there, all right, like, I won't be out there, I'll just stay in, and I just kind of shut in for a while, because the alternative was, like, going against the, like, sort of grain to the point where it was exhausting. You know, they it, it became so exhausting and to not have any kind of, like, backup or support. You know, my brothers, they had kind of this whole, like, approach where it was like, okay, well, why don't you figure it out with mom and dad? We're, we have our own lives. And my parents were okay with that. They're like, they have their own lives, you know. You just, you just kind of, like, deal with your shit on your own. And it was hard because it's not like they kind of, like allowed me to have a support system outside of family. Anytime I built up a support system, they found a way to like kind of tear it down or made me feel insecure about it. Yeah.
1: Well, this is another situation where you need to be kind to yourself because these things take years, years to grow from and to, for the lack of a better way to say it, to get over. It takes time to get over that. And unfortunately, when you're raised in an environment where you're not allowed to flourish and reach your full potential, you need to do a lot of soul searching. You need to do a lot of exploration. And sometimes you need to go back and experience the things that most people experience when they are children or teenagers or young adults. So, you know, be easy on yourself. And I know because I have seen in my own career and in my own life, people, especially women, who were allowed to achieve their full potential and they were encouraged. They achieve success so much more easily and they don't have to settle and they aren't held back and they can just go and get it. I've seen it in my own company. There's actually a set of sisters at my company and they always talk about how beautiful their parents' relationship was and how beautiful everything was growing up. And they have so much confidence and they have excelled so quickly in this company. And it's because they have that exuberant, they have that confidence, they, they display that excellence. There's nothing holding them back. You know, and so also my husband has a friend who's a software engineer, and he started teaching his daughter very, very young how to be independent, how to be entrepreneurial. I mean, the guy started helped helped his daughter start a lemonade stand at 10 years old. And yeah, that sounds like a very basic kind of 1950s thing. But he's gone all out in teaching her how to sell, what are business expenses, how much do these lemonade making machines cost? He even bought her a 3D printer. And yes, there is privilege involved yes absolutely there's some privilege involved but he bought her a 3d printer and taught her how to make jewelry and now she makes this 3d printed jewelry that's beautiful and sells it and so the main point is whether or not you can buy your kid a 3d printer is another topic but just having that environment where you can teach young girls and women or anyone in general You know, our topic today is mostly women and young girls, but anyone in general, allowing for that opportunity to explore the world in a safe environment, because the world can be an unsafe place for children, in a safe environment will build that foundation for confidence and curiosity for the world.
0: That's such a good point. I love that you brought up 3D printers because... When I moved uh, to my parents' place in El Dorado Hills, they actually had 3D printers in the uh, library and they were specifically for like a, like some, I don't know, some like gentleman's club. I don't know if it was a gentleman's club. It was like a, it was like a club for um, like, I don't know if it was just for kids or if it was like a, like a club specifically for people there, but it was, um, it was like a roped off area And they had it there for a while. And I was like, I wonder if I could, like, use that for a little bit. And then they started having it at the library in the town that I grew up in, in Folsom. And as soon as they started, like, letting people use it, I actually took my nephew. um, (laughs) It's, like, getting kind of busy in here now. (laughs) but it i started having uh i had i took my nephew to to use it once and i asked him what he wanted to use or what he wanted to do as his first project and uh it was a soda can and so i had uh it took a while too you know and he but he was able to like you know model a little soda can off the 3d printer and use it and it was pretty cool he used a 3d printer for the first time um and they're they're pretty cool and and we've talked about 3D printers on the pod before too, but you can like 3D print your own makeup and they have like cool little machines where you can like 3D print like your own nail polish too and stuff like that. It's pretty dope. Um, Yeah, it's like, it's a, it's a cool, like uh, it's a cool little like project that people can do if they wanted to. And they have little things like that, like DIY projects. I think my first chapbook I ever made, um, I made with one of my friends uh, who I went to high school with and she was a graphic designer. She went to Academy of Art Um, in San Francisco and she was like doing her own like she's like a coder and lives in like uh, um, South America with her husband now and uh, she yeah she like taught me how to like literally make my own books like from scratch and shit and that that was so cool like it was so cool to see someone like being like this is literally how you can make your own books like from scratch and like print it out yourself and buy them or like you know buy the materials for cheap and sell them on your own and you know this is how you can do your own shit basically and make it on your own and how you know it's possible you know you just kind of put your mind to it and you can like do anything Uh yeah i
1: love that and i absolutely love this revolution that we have in open source open source technology open source education i don't know if you're aware of the whole mit and harvard open source uh, coursework that doesn't even cost anything and when we have that available coupled with. Um, The doing away with a lot of limiting and very traditional ideologies that limit people, women and other people. It's just, it's better for everyone when we have this open environment where anyone can learn, anyone can grow, anyone can achieve anything. And that's how we build a strong community and that's how we build a strong country. At the end of the day, we want to protect the freedoms that we have and we want to protect the country that we have. How are we going to do that? How are we going to remain competitive in the international um, stage? We do that by educating the population and not limiting their opportunities. So it's a very beautiful thing. And a lot of the ways that technology has revolutionized our life, I think, is only making the world better for everyone. But we have to do away with this war that we're constantly having with each other. And we can create opportunities for women to excel without necessarily shitting on every single traditional thing. Because not everything that is traditional is bad. You know, I'm married myself, I have a husband, I plan on eventually having children. And so we can have an environment where people still have somewhat traditional lives, but it's not limiting and it's not toxic and it's not abusive. You know?
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I have always been one, you know, like, I think that uh, especially, like, my family saw me as being, like, anti-marriage, anti-traditions, anti-whatever. And I don't think I ever was. I'm, If anything, I'm a bit of a hopeless romantic, you know. I, I always, like, really wanted there to be a lot of love and a lot of joy and a lot of, like, you know, genuine caring and feeling and love. To be generated within my family, but in like a, you know, genuine, be real kind of way, not in like a weird, dysfunctional, like toxic, like political way. Like, I never like it when there's like, you know, some bullshit happening behind the scenes or some agenda or some reason or other why someone wants to talk to you or they're trying to like get information or some bullshit like none of that stuff matters to me at all like I genuinely want to know how people are doing to like you know for them to be all right and for them to like reach their fullest potential and to have happiness and you know to to be genuinely happy in whatever life they're in but also for them to want that for me (laughs) you know like you know it's gotta it's gotta be like a you know two-way street it can't just be like Hey like what's up like and and for things to a be out of obligation right i can't have there be like a forced like kind of feeling none of that i don't like that at all especially not in like my adult life and then i also can't have there be like any sort of like vibe that i'm getting where people are like resentful or like competing like i hate that shit you know like i don't i don't like it when people come over to like You know, I don't like the whole gotcha culture. Like, that makes me so uncomfortable. I I think I grew up with that too much, where people are like, oh, let me see what behaviors or activities this person's up to so I can, like, spread shit about them later. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? Go spread your own shit. Like, I'm sure you have enough of it, you know, in your own life that you can do that. And I have no, like, qualms with being open and, like, you know, transparent about my own But I think a lot of people do or they don't like it when I'm very open. Like, I mean, it's no, like, surprise I've got, like, tattoos and, like, shit like that. But I also, like, am not, like, one to flaunt it or say that it's not, you know, like, I understand the taboo aspect of it. I understand that, you know, it's it's like, you know, there's certain things that are frowned upon in my, you know... Family, culture, religion, etc., and I'm not like un—I'm uh, not, you know, I'm privy to that information, and I've chosen to like make certain decisions anyway, and I have like lived with those consequences. But at the same time, like, so does everybody else. Everyone picks and chooses their shit. Everyone has experiences that shape them. Um, everyone does stuff in their private lives and in their public lives and in their social lives that they then sort of like, you know, continue or they deal with or they take as it comes. And, you know, we all have like our own stuff to kind of go with, but then we all have our own like good qualities, too. And I think that is important, especially right now when things get sort of intense, like... Like, past few months have been sort of intense for me to, like, focus on the good. So, like, I've been trying to do that a lot more. Is just, like, focus on the good stuff and where things can be helpful instead of harmful. So, like, anytime I can, that's what I've been trying to do is focus on the good. (laughs) Focus on the laughter, right? Uh, Focus on, like, what can be improved upon rather than, like, what can be, like you know uh knock down you know like I I always try and like be that uplifting person rather than someone who like knocks down other people's like ideas or like knocks down other people's like whatever based on my own um perspective or ideas or opinions too because I can't I don't like stating opinions as facts because I don't know everything um, so it could be that I just don't have all the information. Maybe, like, somebody has some other information that they know about something, and, and that's cool. They're making the best informed decision based on their lives, and that's good. Like, it's always good to open your mind and open your eyes about something and be non judgmental and be somebody who can accept things about other people, not in, like, a naive way or in, like, a way that places you in danger or in any sort of, like you know awkward or sticky situation but just in like a observer as like a observer of the world um because it enriches our lives you know um to do that and like like that being said it's also like important to like protect your like self too from from the dangers of this world because there are a lot of like sketchy people and things out there that will kind of take advantage or Will kind of like knock you down if you're, especially if you're already down or vulnerable. And we were like talking that about that a little bit too, about how like there is a lot of like stuff out there, especially for um, younger women and, and stuff like that, uh, especially for younger women and younger younger boys too. I think too, like where yeah. it can it can really lead them down like a, a road that you know like technology has the ability to improve our lives but it also has the ability to distract it has the ability to um yeah. take away from normal like rea- like reality like social interactions and uh being able to function normally sometimes
1: yeah yeah the, the world can be a very beautiful place but we also can't be delusional because there's still a lot of danger there's still a lot of negativity so we can acknowledge that that exists and still focus on the beauty and focus on the positive actually i don't know if you know dr mike (laughs) he's a very popular youtuber and at the start of the coronavirus pandemic which we're not going to talk about that but the one thing he said about the pandemic is be alert not anxious and that stuck with me that really stuck with me and i feel like that applies to life in general be alert not anxious we can focus on the beauty and embrace the beauty, but then also recognize that there are some people out there that just want to cause mischief. They want to take advantage. There there are dangerous people out there. And I feel like the lack of community, the lack of support, the lack of enrichment and stimulation for children, unless it's on the internet and it's overstimulation, you know, is causing, is really, I think perpetuating a lot of this violence you know
0: yeah it's that's that's true and and violence and like sort of the chaos that and mayhem that we hear about too i think that that in and of itself is also i don't want to say a distraction because violence and chaos and, and that sort of thing has always existed i think the prevalence and the visibility of it i think uh, serves a function and it's it is to for us to remain alert but also the fear I think functions in people's brains in a weird way. For some people it closes them off and for some people it motivates them and encourages them to to try and, and like either find solutions or be better people or the other way around, you know, it, it maybe makes them, you know, try and preserve or um, maybe even like preserve their own and uh, you know, makes them even more like protective of, of their own shit and Um, you know close themselves off to other people and and we don't know how that is going to impact us maybe for like decades until after like you know this time in history is over Um, but that brings us to like an opportunity it brings us to like a a nexus point in in history you know like who are we going to be going forward are we going to be the type of people who like take the opportunity and, you know, take it by the horns and, like, be better every day and and work on ourselves and, like, get up and try our best every single day for ourselves and each other, or are we going to be, like, insular and become even more, like, you know, closed off and, 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 like you know have like kind of perpetuate that same shit that we've seen over and over and over um or are we gonna break patterns like i want to break the patterns that have held me back um for most of my life like i i definitely used to be a more negative person and there's still times where that crops up for sure you know there's still times where you know i've spoken harshly to people in my life or i've said things that you know i've wanted to take back or i've you know probably even perpetuated negativity without meaning to or I have meant it because I was hurt you know when people are hurt they say and do things and and they often say and do things they regret later or they say and do things they don't mean and we've all done that because we're all human but do you go back and you reflect on it you know apologize and you know ask for forgiveness or you know apologize and you know sort of try and be better the next day and that's like a self-awareness thing and it's something that i try to work on every day or i want to work on um and this entire podcast i've been staring across the street at that sign that says don't kale my vibe (laughs) so many puns man um I'm. I've been high key wanting to name this episode that don't kale my vibe. Do it. I've been yeah, just 'cause like that. That's kind of like. Well, a last week there was a Kendrick Lamar concert <laughs> at at school, and I had class during that time. And I was a responsible person. I did not ditch class to go to the Kendrick Lamar concert. Um, a because I didn't have tickets, and B because <laughs> well, they were like upward of a hundred. They were like a hundred and something dollars. And I mean, I still would have. Kendrick Lamar, come on. I still would have gone probably honestly if I if I if I could have swung it. But I did realize it was the same time as class and I didn't want to miss class and I've been to like five or six concerts over the summer and I saw all the Snapchats and that was as good as going to the concert, (laughs) I guess. Very responsible. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, But yeah, no, he has a song where it's like, bitch don't kill my vibe. And um, there's a song in it where it's like, you know, there's a lyric in it where it's like, you know, it's talking about like the new year and how it's It's just every day is like a new year at this point because every day it feels like there's strife with possibility and you can kind of, like, tabula rasa, you know? Like, it's a blank slate every day and you can create and build on that blank slate still because, like, we're really lucky that we have that sort of, like, cleansing feeling every time we walk out into the world, you know? Like, you know, with our just... Our perspective, our spirituality, our you know way of of trying to uh, approach things, and and the kindness that you know we're trying to like instill in ourselves and with others, and and um, it's because it's hard, you know. This world tries to break people down every day, and like we see so much sadness, and like we witness so many things that makes it hard for us to like believe in humanity. Mm-hmm. But there's also so many, like, beautiful things and things that are worth sticking around for and, and things that are worth, like, you know, getting up in the morning for and, and watching and seeing. And, like, it's beautiful. So, yeah, like, that's kind of, like, how I feel about it, where <laughs> even something funny or, like, small, like, don't kale my vibe. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, well, always remember one thing is that it's all about power. When people fight each other, when people try to take control of situations, whether it's on a very small level and it's, you know, a parent-to-child relationship or a spousal or a partner situation or a friend-to-friend situation, Or if we're talking about much bigger things like politics, it all comes down to power and this endless need and struggle and greed for power. And I feel like if we can move away from this situation where people just want to be the most powerful, the richest, the biggest, the most famous, it's going to create a better environment for everybody else. And we should, as much as we can, try to foster a childlike view of the world world where we have endless opportunities endless optimism because we really can achieve anything if we have the right environment and if we have the right opportunities. Obviously, I understand there are situations in the world, there are people in the world who aren't presented those opportunities. They don't have that privilege and it doesn't matter how optimistic they are, it's going to be very difficult, if not impossible to get ahead. And those are the communities that we should really be working with and supporting. And I know at least where I work in the software industry, and I know a lot of companies will say things just to please their customers, but again, at least those conversations are being had. But there are software companies out there who try to foster that delight that experience and i know there's one company that we have a really good relationship with and they literally have used that slogan childlike joy they want to foster childlike joy and yes if we want to talk about capitalism we could say again it could just be a marketing ploy to make their customers happy so they buy more software yes 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 we can have that conversation about capitalism but Again, at least those words are being put out there. At least that energy is being put out there and they can be held accountable for that. You know, and people are starting to talk about mental health, and they are starting to talk about work-life balance, and they are starting to talk about how a lot of people in our in our co- in our country in our societies have limited opportunities, and it's not their fault. And we're starting to see an expansion of those opportunities, and we have to keep pushing forward and keep fighting for that.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is to not to like not to stop trying, because, you know, there have been times in my life where I got complacent and I stopped trying, and, you know, I did, I did lose a number of years, and sure, some of that was due to, like, mental health issues and depression, and some of that was due to, like, my own sort of, I, w- I don't want to say not motivation, but maybe even just being told that, you know, like, hey, you're not going to break out of this, like, this is a, you know, never-ending cycle that's going to perpetuate, and you know, it's it's never going to end, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's, it's funny because some people are like, well, you can't have your cake and eat it too. And, well, you can also just get two cakes, you know? <laughs> like, there's so many just logical fallacies where we, we get fed and we get gaslit a lot into thinking that, you know, like, artificial scarcity, that exists. You know, there's sort of artificial, uh, you know, there's there's so many things that are just made up that people feed to us that is just not true and I see that all the time because you know I experience when people have told me no this is not possible this is not possible and then you know I go out and I do it and I'm like well you know clearly it was you just a you either didn't want me to do it and therefore it wasn't possible to you or like it was possible, it just wasn't quote unquote allowed for whatever reason. And like that is a social problem, that's a you problem, that's not a me problem. And it's an issue because like we are ruled in a society that has these rules and the rules exist for a reason, right? Like, you know, I always give the example or like a sociology professor of mine uh, back in the day used to give this example of a U-turn, right? A U-turn signal is there for the safety of the drivers it's not always there because you can't make a u-turn you know it's not always there because you physically cannot make a u-turn with your car it's there because you know if you do make a u-turn you'll you know hit a person or another car but if there's no one around and like there's a green light and you need to make a u-turn and there's no other way for you to get there's like a blockage or something like you're not logically going to be able to get somewhere unless you make a fucking U-turn. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's... It, you know, what are you going to do? Sit there and, like, wait till the gas runs out? No, right? You're going to have to make a fucking U-turn at some point. Otherwise, you're going to, like, ru- run through the blockade. Like, no, you have to start using, like, logic at some point and problem-solve and not be, like, a sheeple-type person. Um, but, you know, like, a lot of these things are things that we don't get taught because i think that you know the the rule following part of our brains especially for women gets hammered in a lot more than the be innovative be creative be a problem solver part of our brains and that is definitely a societal problem um and it's one that needs a lot more like and, and it's true that women get perpetuated that a lot more. And, you know, even when, we ask, even when women ask for more, they don't always receive it, right? We always have to keep advocating for ourselves over and over and over and over again. And it's not a guarantee that we're going to receive what we try to advocate for ourselves. Because I think that, you know, society is, is built in a way where even when women advocate for themselves, they're seen as pushy they're seen as okay but are you doing enough for yourself did you actually try did you actually attempt to do it like show me the proof show me the handiwork show me the like you know long-handed homework that you did to do your part in what you said you were going to do whereas with guys like yeah like they advocate for themselves but many much more of the time they can show their work and if they just attempt to have shown their work they can sometimes get away with it
1: yeah they're definitely perceived differently because what i see at least in the industry that i work in in tech A lot of female executives, if they are assertive, if they are straightforward about what they want, they're seen as bossy or bitchy. Whereas if a male executive is exactly the same way, he's seen as a leader. He's assertive. He knows what he wants and he gets what he wants and he delivers results. So it's that perception that we need to keep fighting against because what I'm starting to see on social media, and of course social media can be a cesspool, but this is where people are coming together and talking is as a society we are starting to make a u-turn but it's not the u-turn we want to take and a lot of influencers who are perpetuating misogyny and perpetuating all kinds of negative stereotypes about women are becoming popular and they're targeting young men and boys And at the end of the day, it goes back to that idea that it only hurts men because one influencer in particular, whose name I won't mention because I don't want to give him a platform, He has become very famous in recent months by perpetuating these kinds of ideas. But what less people are talking about is how he's hurting and taking advantage of boys. Because these kinds of influencers will sell courses, they'll sell universities, they'll sell whatever, and they're profiting off of young boys. They are making money they are taking advantage for their own gain. So not only are they hurting women, but they're hurting boys too because they're perpetuating these ideas that, you know, men have to be everything and do everything and be macho and alpha and rah, rah, rah. And we go back to that idea that it hurts them in the long run because they have too much that they're burdened with and they're only human and they crumble. And then it also hurts them financially because they keep feeding their money into these men, into these courses. And instead of using that money to make investments, to start a business, to go to school, to support their families, they're just giving it to these freaking idiots who say stupid shit. And they're young and they're um, easily influenced. They're malleable. And so the cycle is just going to continue to perpetuate unless we keep having these conversations.
0: Yep. This is, this was all like... This was all really, really important stuff to say. Um, I think we're at our almost 20 seconds left, so thank you A for contributing to this pretty yeah, pretty me. deep convo, honestly. Uh, yeah, we're gonna sign off for now, but we're going to continue. Thanks. Square hive. Yeah, thanks everyone.. Just joking, we are joking. Just joking, we're not joking. <laughs> we not joking. Just joking, we are joking. Just joking, we're not
1: joking.